Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. It's a beautiful day in Southern California. I don't mean to brag. Yes, I do. It is absolutely glorious. Glorious. Um, I'll give you some insight into what's really going on in Los Angeles with what was reported as a contingency plan for the Super Bowl yesterday. Let's get to Cleveland first. Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer reports that Baker Mayfield doesn't get, if he doesn't get assurances that things will change next season, the quarterback will, quote, consider asking to be traded. The primary change he seeks relates to the offense and various philosophies. At the heart of the rift is Mayfield's relationship with Kevin Stefanski. Mayfield has, uh, of course, one year left. He's got that fifth-year option, $18.5 million, and the two sides have not had significant talks of an extension. Am I wrong, or is this kind of the wrong tact? Right? I'm, I'm not crazy here, and I understand for, for people who aren't aware or, or maybe forgot, Stefanski came from Minnesota, and though, uh, though they, were able, they, they, they were able to play well and get to the playoffs when he was in Minnesota, Stefan Diggs didn't like the system. That's why he wanted to be traded. He was essentially replaced with Justin Jefferson, and they haven't really missed a beat at wide receiver. Um, but I, I don't know how you feel like you're going to throw your weight around and demand to be traded when you're coming off easily your worst season as a pro. This is what Joe Banner, who, of course, used to run the Cleveland Browns, told me yesterday on the Baker Mayfield situation from his perspective. The tricky part is they can't be sure they're going to get somebody. So how do they not alienate Baker in case he's who they have to bring back uh, and actually pursue this? I think we saw them start that last week. I mean, we saw an unusual number of compliments and explanations for Baker's season coming out of Browns front office people and their head coach. It didn't make sense to me that all of a sudden, 15 weeks into the season, in which he's clearly struggled, whatever the reasons may be, that suddenly we have an offensive coordinator and a head coach making very positive comments about him, kind of justifying some of his failures. That's usually what happens when someone's trying to up the potential trade value of one of their players. So we don't know that for sure, but that's one of the reasons I suspect we're going to see them try to move on. And accomplishing that in a way that does not irreparably damage the relationship with Baker. Yeah, that, that's fa- it's fascinating. I want to be traded. Great, we want to trade you. Stop, stop talking. You know, Baker Mayfield let us in on some sort of uh, thoughts about dysfunction within the locker room and maybe front office. Then, of course, he he did you know kind of throw a shot at his at his coach and offensive coordinator after his last game, where he said, you know, and and look, he was accountable, but he also made sure to point out that we could have been be, been put in better position to succeed as well. Like this deal is over. I just don't know what Baker leaking this story out does for his value or likelihood to be traded. Like nothing actually changes. They wanted, they wanted, they'd love to get out of the Baker Mayfield business. They'd love to get out of that fifth year option, but he's actually making it increasingly difficult to do so. It's not just that you're taking on Baker. You're taking on 18.9, essentially $19 million. 
And if you're going to pay a guy that much, you're very likely to have to play him. You have a GM that didn't draft him, a head coach that didn't draft an offense coordinator that didn't draft him, and he's coming off of a season where he had plenty of missteps. He, 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 he seemed to lose at least part of the locker room. And whether or not he played hurt or not just doesn't matter. It wasn't about his throwing and his body as much as it was his decision-making. So I don't, you know, things don't change around here. They're like, yeah, exactly. You have to play better or we have to get a better quarterback. That's the change we would like to see around here. So I, I don't, I don't understand what leg he has to stand on. Yes. John Ramos, go ahead. Oh, Jason, you got one first? Go ahead. I see your hand up. I'm sorry. Do you think that this is obviously a leak from Baker's camp, right? You think that this that he is so catty that he's this is almost like a uh, you know, your buddy telling all of his buddies that I broke up with her and yes. she didn't break up with me. It's almost yes. like a saving face thing here, right? Yes. I uh, know I wanted to be traded. I'm sure you did. Sure. You were the number one overall pick for the Cleveland Browns, and you've done all these ads where, you know, uh, the stadium is your home, right? And now you want to be traded because you didn't agree with their offensive philosophy. Here's their offensive philosophy. Throw it to our team, not to the other team. That's a generally a good offensive philosophy. What do you guys think? You guys want to em- em- employ that one? Ramos, what do you got? Well, my question would be if, you know, you talk about them not wanting to give him the money. So, I, so, the, so the thing would be, A, he accepts less money to be the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns or another team he leaves and another team needs, because you did talk about other teams needing quarterbacks. Would he be optional to be at another team? Is he good enough to you to be at another team or is he just not good enough period for anybody? Nobody wants Baker Mayfield. Is that what, where are we at with this? Well, I don't know if anyone wants Baker. I think Baker Mayfield is the answer at quarterback. Uh, to be a starter. I mean, like, look, if Freddie Kitchens can somehow hold on to his job in New York, if those guys can somehow coach for one more year, could you see him being a backup in New York or then bringing him over to compete? Maybe. I don't know. You got to go somewhere where you had some sort of success. And he had success with Kitchens calling his plays before Kitchens became the head coach. And then it was a bit of a mess. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see. Could he take less? The answer is, I mean, they all could, but you think he's going to take less than $18.9 million guaranteed? The only way he'd take less money is if you said, all right, extend me. <clears throat> you give me a new contract, give it three years, and we do it at, you know, in the 20s. But why would Cleveland do that? You know, if they, if they don't think Baker's the guy, or if they're not sure Baker's the guy, you don't have to negotiate with him right now at all. He's under contract for another year. At any point in time, you can, you can write an extension. And worst case scenario, if you had to, you could throw the franchise tag on him or you could let him go on the market at the end of next year. No, this, this is going to happen this offseason. And to answer your question, John, no, he, can't, he can, but <clears throat> it's a lot like Sam Darnold. The, the Jets owed Sam Darnold the fifth-year option. So when they, when they traded him to Carolina, Carolina extended him so he got two years of guaranteed money instead of one, and the payment isn't as much in year one. doesn't hurt him as much in the cap. Which is why Sam Donald's going to get another opportunity unless they get Deshaun Watson because they're still on the hook for like $20 million next year. I just don't understand. Like, you want to talk about some big, some lower intestinal fortitude to come off of a terrible season 
where, I mean, he play, he was just bad the last couple. I mean, it, it went from, okay, maybe it's not that good. Maybe he's playing her too. Now he's just seeing ghosts and it's bad. He should not be out there. To go from that to, I, if you don't change, I want to be traded like, what? That, that takes some, the Yiddish term is chutzpah or nerve. Byer, what do you think? You, you think the Cleveland Browns are going to acquiesce and change their their play caller and their head coach to keep Baker Mayfield happy? No, no. And I think that their play calling and, uh, and their head coach uh, kind of led everything to get to this point. I mean, they to to let Baker Mayfield throw the football as much as they did in the in the health that he was in is question enough to me. It was almost like to me as if Stefanski and the staff are like, "All right, fans, we are really going to show you why we don't need him or why we can't have him around here for the next few years." Sure. Even though he was banged up, um, so I think that that's an issue. And, and if that's the type of football that Baker Mayfield wants to play and throwing the wide receivers and that tight ends. As he said, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in Cleveland. So you might as well look somewhere else. I just, I yeah, I, I don't, I don't see a fit. I also think Doug that at some point this happens in a lot of spots in the NFL. Apathy starts to to set in. We get a yeah. little tired about stuff, and I think that Cleveland is is maybe starting to tire a little bit with Baker Mayfield. And so oh, I think it's. A, I I don't think maybe. I think it's it's definitely. And so yeah. So so what can you really gain from bringing him back next year? What kind of year would he have to have? For them to change their feelings, it would have to be an all-pro type of year, and that's why I think it signals that it's likely the end. Well, I also think, and you tell me, if you, you guys tell me if you think I'm wrong, and, and maybe this is more of a Cleveland question, but from the outside, Pittsburgh had, I mean, they were a quarterbackless team. I, I don't know if they can fix it. All depends on who they can get next year. But if there was every year in which the Browns should be successful, the Ravens were very average this year, very average. And Lamar hasn't played the last three games, right? So Lamar wasn't great. The Ravens have been very average. The Steelers are very average. And <clears throat> though the Bengals are good, like the idea, the Steelers are going to be better. The Ravens are going to be better. These, those are two franchises that they down years are 500 years for them. Normally they win 12 to 14 games. That's just go look historically. That's what happens. They don't have, they're not down for long because they're such well-run organizations. So this was the best possible time for Cleveland. Now fast forward to one year later, the the, the league's gonna the division's gonna be better. So I'm I'm with you. I don't. I think this thing is done, and I do think I think it it was one of those things where when Cleveland was down, when they hadn't won a game, they won one game in two years combined. You know, when it's then, you needed a guy who stuck out his chest and said, I want to be here. This is my spot. Cleveland against everybody. But then at some point, it's not, it's about tangible. It's just not that good. And all that other stuff becomes carnival barker things. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports at Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is uh, the. Most trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21. President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine getting tickets to that game earlier in the year, and you're like, man, Cleveland, Cincinnati, last game of the year. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, now what? Who are the starting quarterbacks, Byer? Do we know? And say that again? In the uh, in uh, that, that, that Cleveland game at the end of the year. It's Case Keenum, right? Oh, 
Um, Brandon Allen for Cincinnati. Wow. And Case Keenum for Cleveland. That's crazy. That, I mean, just imagine getting tickets to that game. You're like, yes, I can't wait to see Baker, you know, versus Burrow and all these guys. Like, yeah, now we're not going to see anybody. This show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities and the city for what's the first playoff game, essentially, Raiders, Chargers this weekend. The greatest arena on earth, every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. No one does sports like Vegas. The excitement is endless. So make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Um, something happened last night in the Rockets-Wizards game. LeBron James, I thought, I, I thought he handled something terribly. I'll share with you next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So the Wizards were taking on the Rockets last night. And um, uh, Glenn Consor is a broadcaster for the uh, for the Wizards uh, home games, for the Wizards Network, really. Um, and he decided to use this analogy on the call of the game when Kevin Porter Jr., a star guard for the Rockets, made a bucket. What a well-designed play. And um, you got to give credit, Kevin Porter Jr., like his dad, pulled that trigger right at the right time. Boy, that one stung. So, so um, okay, so you listen to it, you're like, okay, if you just listen to the sports context of it, you're like, okay, he shot the ball, pulled the trigger, got it, got it, got it, right? He, he, here's the problem. Um, so there's there was a Kevin Porter that played – in the NBA, I believe for the Washington Bullets, who Consort thought Kevin Porter Jr. was the son of. The issue is his dad, who's deceased, Kevin Porter Sr., was charged with first-degree murder and the shooting death in, of a 14-year-old girl in 1993. He, he claimed he accidentally pulled the trigger, which a witness later backed up. He spent more than four years behind bars as a result of the incident, and then he was shot five times in some sort of altercation in 2004. So Kevin Porter Sr. had a tough go of it, and then he died. We're we're talking about mm, 18 years ago. And Kevin Porter Jr., his son, who's from the Seattle area, is a guy who's he's had issues throughout his basketball career. He is super talented, just had an issue with John Lucas. And there's lots of people who know his stories. Like, look, he had a tough upbringing. Like, this is... Like kind of fits the psychological profile. Did Jason? Did you see what LeBron James uh, tweeted about about Consor? Did, did Did you see that? I did. Yeah, yeah. So for for people who follow, I mean, LeBron James has fifty million followers. Fifty million. LeBron James said, "Oh, he thought this was cool, huh? Nah, we ain't going for this. This is LeBron on Twitter." Taking this story, okay? How insensitive can you be to say something like this? 
Beat it, man. I pray for you, but there's no place in our beautiful game for you. Okay, uh, I believe I believe concert then apologized, right? We have the sound of that? We did not have the sound. He tweeted it out. Okay. You want me to read that? That'd be great. Uh, please allow me to take this opportunity to sincerely apologize to Kevin Porter Jr., his family, and the Rockets organization for my comments I made. I mistakenly thought that Kevin was the son of former Washington player Kevin Porter and was unaware that the words I chose to describe in this game-winning shot would be in any way hurtful or insensitive. I have reached out to Kevin to personally apologize and hope to be able to talk with him soon. I mean, I, I, I cannot tell you how upset, like, LeBron James bring, uh, act, like, do we think for any second that he was had this in his back pocket and he wanted to use it to be clever? It is such an unfortunate <laughs> coincidence. I mean, I, it is really, I mean, you know, bad. that dude clearly either saw a black cat or walked under a ladder while holding a black cat, right? Of all the things, um, of all the things to do, to make the mistakes to make, but I mean, you'd have to make a really big leap. And look, this is, this is the issue a lot of times, you know, sometimes in your prep, you just don't even know. You just like don't double check. You just assume. Like, yeah, he's Kevin Porter. Why would he go by Kevin Porter Jr. if he wasn't Kevin Porter Kevin Porter Sr.'s son? And that's no. No. You know, I, I, I think I think like with Le- LeBron James, he's doing like how'd you like to be this all he was trying to do is call a game for the Wizards. There's no place in this game for you. Like, really? Where was LeBron tweeting about Kevin Porter Jr. throwing something? Um, at at John Lucas, where where was that? There's no place in your game for challenging John Lucas, a guy who is a former number one overall pick. You know, has been a head coach in the league, has helped e- easily more than a hundred NBA players get back on their feet. I mean, is is one of the most respected old heads in the NBA. Where was LeBron then? No place in the game for Kevin Porter, Kevin Porter Jr.'s second time he's thrown something at somebody in a locker room. Happened in Cleveland when he got and they got rid of him. Yeah, now it now it now it happens here in in Houston. And you know, it's like, look, we all I mean, no one wants the the worst part of their parents' lives or their own lives to be brought pointed out on broadcast TV, but like, do you, do we really think there was malice there? Buyer, can you see a way in which there was malice and... I don't think and, that there was malice. The only pl- the blame that I think you could place on Consor is that uh, he didn't do his prep work correct. As, as an analyst. And not only that, if it was... If it was someone within the organization or within, you know, a former player within the organization of the games that he called, you would have thought that at some point maybe there would have been a point where that was brought up in, but he but he, you know, he he covers games for the wizards not for the rock correct, so correct but that, no yes but but just the point of oh that's if that was the case that's kevin porter's kid or that's you know like that sort of thing that was so it's it's only negligence on being an analyst i don't think that there was malice uh at all in it do you think he'll keep his job um yes I don't think that he will. I think that they will take him off some broadcasts, um, but uh, I don't think that he will be fired. I mean, they could say, you know, that could be the reason why he 
you know the why he would lose his job is is the the error in preparation not only with just the unfortunate scenario i mean we it's it, it is as jason said the whole issue of i mean to to have all of those things happen and you know with kevin border being a player in the wizards organization a long time ago and they were the bullets and to have that scenario yeah it's it's crazy I, I can tell you, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I've, I've made a less egregious, but a similar mistake. Um, do you remember when ESPN used to have the 24 hours of college basketball? Yes. Okay. So Andy Katz and I, one time, we got to do a game at Ryder. Okay. And this was back, Tommy Dempsey was the coach. Ryder was pretty good back then. And they played like it's, I'm going to say it's six in the morning. Literally a 6 a.m. game. And uh, yeah, it was it was a lot. It was very very early in the morning, and they had Jason Thompson on the team, um, and Jason Thompson, I believe, and then they had Ryan Thompson on the team as well, and they weren't brothers. They weren't related, and I mistakenly said that they were his. He passes to his brother. Then we went to break, and Katz is like, "It's not his brother." I was like, "I just." I think I assumed. I don't know if I looked mm-hmm. at my notes or I just. And I was. The problem was for that game is the only basketball game at the time I had done play by play. They're like, well, you do play by play and Cats will do color because Cats normally did sideline. <laughs> so I was a little out of my element. And I would, I would say it was because of a lack of preparation, to be totally honest. And that's what happened to me. And so Jason Thompson, Jason Thompson had finished, had. Uh, had graduated and I, he might have even been at the game, and I, I want to say, and uh, I mistakenly said something along the lines of, "Like, yeah, it's his, there's his brother," you know, and that was bad. And you just try and like you make mistakes, especially yeah. when now it should be easier in the NBA because it's not like you have to prepare for the Wizards when you do the Wizards every night. You're just preparing for one team. But yes, it's a mistake in preparation. My guess would be if they let him go, it will be, you know, it's one of those, if he's on a yearly contract, I doubt he's back next year. That, that's what LeBron, like, I don't think LeBron understands his influence. Nobody in the real world is really all that bothered because most people are like, ah, that just sucks, dude. You just made a mistake. But when LeBron's got 50 million followers, and he makes you out to be, you know, some guy who's totally insensitive towards something that, I mean, do you really think that if his dad mistakenly killed a 14 year old girl. He's going to bring it up when the sun hits a game winning jump shot. Like really? So I think LeBron, he has way too much influence, but I think his influence, if he has a year left, he probably survives. Maybe doesn't get another contract of that. If he's on a year to year, I bet he's done. Bet he's done. Sean Merriman's kind enough to spend some time with us. Of course, uh, three-time Pro Bowler, most notably a great with the uh, then San Diego Chargers. Um, Chargers beat the Raiders last time around in SoFi. A lot has changed for the Raiders since, and uh, some for the Chargers. What's your level of confidence the Chargers can win this one? I still have a, a high level of confidence for them to win. Um, you know, quite frankly, they're, they're the better team, right? Um, and I think the Chargers' biggest problem is during the season is playing down to some team's level they you know they went against. You know, the first time they played against Denver, right? They you know team that they obviously should have won. So if they show up and 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 do what they're capable of doing, this game probably shouldn't even be close. 
No, it shouldn't be close. You're right, but but again, the 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 Chargers have a tendency to play down to the level, and you put Justin Herbert in a position he's never been before. Win, and you're in the playoffs. We'll see how 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 he how he reacts. Um, so help me out with this one. Baker Mayfield says if things don't change in Cleveland, I might want to be traded. Now he didn't personally say it, but um, you know a reporter who covers the Cleveland Browns, kind of an obvious leak to his camp or whatever, said that Baker Mayfield's camp, if he doesn't see change, like, isn't that saying, I'm I'm dumping you, you're not dumping me? Yeah, that, that's almost one of those things where you know a relationship about the end and you try to be out first, right, um, to say, yeah, I got the upper hand. But the, but the true honesty in that is Baker Mayfield hasn't been playing well at all. Um, and he's, you know, put himself in a situation that he's not going to have very, very many options, at least to get even close to the money he thinks he thinks he's capable of doing. Um, now he, he might have a, have a point that you know Cleveland, you know, over a long period of time has had problems in keeping guys in, taking quarterbacks and coaches. Obviously, problems there. But I can tell you what the problem is: is Baker hasn't been playing well, and so when you have that, it, it kind of in a sense takes away your dictate thing that you want to do. He's not Aaron Rodgers right now, whether they pass everything or not, he can do what he wants to. And, and, and every NFL team will bounce out of his house. Right? But Baker Mayfield, he's efficient. And maybe, you know, he thinks he is. Sean Merriman, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Get him back for you in a second. Get him lined out. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and resolves them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. It's Discover Exceptionally Common Sense. Um, All right, trying to reconnect with with Sean. And you'll hear from Colin Cowherd upcoming, plus a thought from Bet Rivers. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm... I'm with him. It's like at some point in time, Baker's just not good enough. And all that other stuff when he was defending his team and his teammates and even himself, it was great when he was good enough as a player. He's not good enough as a player. And so he just doesn't have that, that leg to stand on. And it does feel like he's trying to break up with the Browns before they break up with him. The preemptive breakup. I, mean, I don't know. The preemptive breakup is always an interesting one. I, I thought you were going to dump me. That's why you're like, no, I was not going to dump you. Why did you dump me? All right. We're having issues with, with Sean's cell. I've been having big major issues. Are there sunspots, Ramos? I've been, <laughs> no, I'm serious. You know, like sunspots. No, I know. Like, yeah. Have you been having, like, I used to have several bars at my house. Now it's like one bar in my house. Like, what happened? I, I didn't move. They don't take towers <laughs> down. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the sunspot thing. I'm not sure it affects us as a, as a national network. I think it affects more of the local uh, stations, but uh, we will double check on that. I don't mean that. I mean in front of your cell phone service because that was oh, his yeah. cell phone. That was his cell was the issue. It's not 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 anything with with us. Oh, the days of the landline. You could always count the landline. Now you can't count. No, nobody has a landline to count on. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Let's uh, get rejoined. Okay. (laughs) 
Uh, every day this time, we like to play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio. We call it. What does the Fox say is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21, president in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. This is uh, Colin Coward talking about the MVP debate. Joe Burrow should be MVP. He should be. Joe Burrow has less talent. He beats Aaron Rodgers in completion percentage. Aaron has fewer picks. Touchdown passes the same. He gets more passing yards a game. Over a yard more attempt. Again, the, the passer ratings are both. You, you get over 104, 105. They're both amazing. That's Aaron. But Joe has less talent, a younger roster. It's a losing franchise and a significantly tougher division. And in the biggest game for both teams out of division, it was Kansas City. Burrow was amazing. Aaron wasn't available. It was Green Bay, Kansas City was our circle game. We all talked that was the Super Bowl. Aaron wasn't available. O'Burrow was when they played him and was unbelievable against a red-hot Chiefs defense. He tore it apart. I think if you're honest and get out of the politics and the nonsense, I think there's an absolute argument to be made. Burrow's the MVP. It's interesting because what you're hearing from Colin is without going after Aaron Rodgers as, you know, uh, the worst dude in the NFL, he basically made my point and made if if HUD Arkish made a smarter point, it would have been, hey, look, he wasn't available for the biggest game of the season. And he also, because he, you know, wasn't there in the offseason and for half a training camp, he looked he wasn't sharp game one when they lost. Right? I, I don't know. That that's that's the argument. And by the way, that's basically the argument that Colin's making in comparison to Joe Burrow. Let's welcome in Sean Merriman, who of course uh, Sean was a three-time Pro Bowler and stud with the with the Chargers. Kind of to spend some time with us here. Catch back up after his phone dropped on us. Um, if you if you have an MVP vote, who do you vote for? Yeah, I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. Um, <clears throat> and you know, for, for very very for one, I think that you know he makes that team go. And you were know, talking about him coming to the season and that press conference he had. I think he was I think he was dead on about everything, right? Green Bay to play with him, and he's just one of these guys that um, that don't need a whole lot around him to make people look good. And whenever you have somebody like that, um, and you only get a few of those guys every ten ten years, uh, I think that's why he's playing. Sean Merriman joining us here on the, on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's. You've seen some stuff during your time in the NFL. Uh, what do you think of what happened with Antonio Brown now that we had? The actual film of what happened, we've had Bruce Arians giving his context to what Aaron, uh, Antonio Brown and his camp said what happened. You've played in this league for a long time, played for eight years at the very top of the sport. What do you think? You know, first and foremost, I've never seen nothing like that. I mean, when, when I first saw it, I thought initially it was some kind of joke or he was going back or I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. Um and then when it first leaked out about, you know, uh, him getting kicked off the sideline and he was cut, three sides every story. Playing in the NFL, you know there's stuff going on with the organization, within the team. There's a lot of behind the scenes. Um, you know, sometimes a back can feel like they're put in a bad position so they can fail, whatever that case may be. And Antonio Brown could have had a violent point. He could have had more of the public on his side and people asking him for the reasons what he did if he didn't carry on 
uh, like he did, right? I was talking the other day to uh, to Vernon Davis, who, you know, former Turk, and, um, you know, he was a guy that got, I don't know if you remember, he got kicked yes. off the field by Mike Singletary, right? right? Mike Singletary kicked him back to the sideline. There was, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about what happened, right? Michael, Mike Singletary kicked him off the sideline, and that was a part of it. Now, you look at Antonio Brown's situation, it was unclear because he carried on and did the extra. I think that he would have got a lot more people on his side and understanding where he was coming from, yet he did what he did. But the problem is now is that it's just another Antonio Brown situation with another organization. This, look, the NFL is a business. We all know that there's stuff going behind closed doors. But when you have a guy that play, you know, play for that many teams with that many with the same problem, then you start looking at it like it's not the team, it's the individual. I couldn't say, couldn't have said it any better. Can they win a Super Bowl um, without Chris Godwin and now without Antonio Brown? They can now, but it, it's, it's going to be uphill battle because he just gave them a a different dimension where you know you, you can target him ten fifteen times a game. Uh, you know he's going to be. Uh, a force, you know, they got a game plan. So even if he's not having the biggest game, uh, you know, that day, you know, you got a game plan what's going to allow the rest of the offense to flow and then running the ball and get the ball to Mike Evans. Uh, now, you know, can, will they, I think they, can they say, well, yeah, absolutely. It's just going to be a lot harder with him not being there. Sean, Sean, um, the Rams, are you a buyer into now all of a sudden the Rams uh, starting to put things together and win five in a row? Yeah, and I said this, and so whenever I think whenever the general public see, uh, you know, a Von Miller, Odell Beckham, and all these guys come and join the team, football is different. It's not basketball. It's not LeBron James going to a team winning the championship. It takes a while for these guys to get going, get acclimated to the system, uh, find out where they most useful are uh, at that offense or that defense. It takes a little bit. Uh, that's exactly what happened. You know, people were saying, oh, this Odell. I remember the – First big headline I saw was Odell Beckham was experiment over already and, and with the Rams. I was like, dude, it's like one or two games. What are you talking? I mean, no one is going to get on the field and have instant chemistry with a quarterback. Um, and what they're doing now and spreading the ball around and now Odell's in the mix, they're, they're dangerous. They're extremely dangerous. Sean, great stuff, man. Happy New Year. Can't wait to see the, hear the playoffs, and we appreciate you joining us on Fox Sports Radio. You got it, man. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Lights Out. Sean Merriman joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, I, I saw this story, Bayer, and I'm sure you, you saw it from Brett McMurphy, that Las Vegas and Miami will host the college football playoff title games in 2056 and 2000, excuse me, 56, 2025 and 2026, uh, sources told the Action Network. Title games will be January 6th in 05 and January 5th um, or January 19th in Miami. So, I don't do people understand how big a thing this is now. Keep in mind the college football playoff is not run by the NCAA. Okay? The NCAA runs all of the other championships for college athletics, except college football. On the other hand, it is generally under the umbrella of an NCAA sport. Like it, it's happened. They've broken through the invisible glass ceiling. That legitimately happens with this announcement that NCAA championship level competition will be played in Vegas. I mean, it's, it's the old, if you build it, they will come. That is a massive story, not just for the city of Las Vegas, but that is, it's the, it's just the change that we've had and how we view proximity gambling. Cause the idea is like, look, I get that there's casinos, but 
I mean, like, whether it's Bet Rivers, they're legalized in, in, I don't know, 20 or some odd states. It's going to be legalized in, in almost every state in the union before long. And now you can bet from your phone in game, wherever you are, whatever. This, this makes complete sense to me. But, Bayer, do you, do you agree that this is a major, major change in college athletics? Yeah. I mean, to, to have, uh, Las Vegas uh, obviously do that. I also think it's interesting to hear the uh, the dates of it as well, where it could be pushed back as late uh, as the 19th if it's uh, ended up being a, an expansion. But, yeah, just the locale of, of Las Vegas. I mean, in college basketball, we've kind of, you know, it's now kind of the home of conference championships. Conference tournaments yeah. and then preseason tournaments have had a yeah. bunch as well. Yeah, yeah, but, but I think the NCAA has another... never played there, and and to me, like I, I said this last year when we were when they did the all in one site in Indy. Why don't you just do it all in one site in Vegas? It's not just the hotel rooms; it's the weather, it's the airport, and it's they got the arenas. You have a brand new dome, which is perfect for the Final Four. You have T-Mobile, which is as nice as just about any NBA arena, and then you have all the other arenas. And you know if you if you give them three years to prep, you know, Thomas and Mac needs to be redone. Uh, there's another one being built, I believe, I believe just, just on, on the, off the strip or whatever. Uh, you have MGM, you have, uh, you know, I, uh, you have, you have the one, not Palace Station. There's, there's another one out, out there as well where the WCC plays. Like there's plenty of Is that Orleans. Is that the, or- yeah, New Orleans, the, the Orleans, yeah, yeah. The Orleans Arena. Uh, and there's one at the Mandalay Bay as well. So plenty of arenas. That would be amazing. But it, you have to, somebody has to put the flag in the ground that college football did today. Who do you believe, Antonio Brown or the Bucks? What if I told you it doesn't matter? That's next to the Doug Gottlieb Show.